You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 263 of the award-winning, critically acclaimed PHP Ugly. My mom gave me a certificate last week as the best podcast of award-winning, technically correct. Coming to you live from blockchain.coinbase.dogen.com studios. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me are my friends, John Congdon. Uh, Dear listeners, I don't know what he's talking about either. And also, Tom Rideout. I was just waiting for him to accidentally say something offensive. $700 million. Over, over $700 million. Just like that. That's all it costs to purchase a legacy. Did you guys hear about this? Crypto.com Arena, formerly Staples.com, the home of the LA Lakers, the LA Kings. I mean, this is like no small thing. Crypto.com purchased the name. So the stadium is now named Crypto.com Arena. That's what it's called. It's no longer Staples.com, which was also a business. Remember when stadiums like were named like something significant, like yeah. the people who created it? Yeah. Jack Murphy Stadium. Crypto.com. Seven hundred million over seven hundred million dollars. Just to put the name on it. Well, That's that was it when is. they bought it. But they bought it with crypto, so now it's only no. five hundred and fifty million dollars. They didn't buy it. They didn't buy the stadium. They just paid no, no, that the to the ter- yeah. The name's only worth yeah. about five fifty million now. As I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you've kept an eye on the market, but uh, bad day today and yesterday. Oh, really? No, I. Oh yeah. I, I I just don't look at it. I don't care. I I've made my money in crypto like fourfold, and so I'm just letting the rest ride. I, yeah. I, uh, you, you put five bucks in, got twenty out, you're good to go. Yeah, that's right. Put put five bucks in, bought a pizza with Bitcoin, got out quick. <laughs> Gentlemen. How's your day? How's your week? Tom, you got a new car? Uh, uh. <laughs> yes, I did. I thought that was a softball. Uh, that was, okay. uh, I, I wished it were. Uh, it is <laughs> back in the shop tonight for the second time. Jesus, what? you haven't even had it a week. What the uh, hell? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, I think total time that we've had it in our possession has been a day and a half so far. It's uh, not good. Note to self, don't go car shopping with Tom. Again, had you gone to, to Harmax, they have a warranty that, that you get out out the gate where they take care of everything. Well, and if it's I mean, a lemon, they take it back. This but is, you won't well, take your boys. You won't take your boys' advice. You always got to do your little thing. Your little. Uh, you never take your boys' advice. Now look at yeah, you. Look yeah, at not you. not feeling great about it though. <laughs> uh, yeah, it uh, stopped running in the middle of the road, and uh, oh, that, that's usually not a good thing. Yeah, and uh, did you that charge was, it? But then no. he, but then he kept it. Well, no, that was He's the like, a- that was the crankshaft position sensor when I brought it into him. Read the ODB code. They replaced that. Got about four miles away from the dealership, and it stopped in the middle of the road again. <laughs> and uh, they're like, "We cleared the sensor. It should be good." No, I know what we, it is. We cleared the we cleared the code. It's the catalytic converter this time, <laughs> and my oh, wife doesn't want the car anymore. Time. I don't blame her. And mm-hmm. Colorado does not have a lemon law. so Really? I thought that was a federal thing. Is, yeah, federal no... for brand new cars. Oh, oh, oh gotcha. Um, but on a used car, uh, you are shit out of luck. Uh, except mm-hmm. in the case of intentionally deceptive uh, sales, which this might fall under that case. Uh, if it, How's that? Well, if it, if it fails within 50 miles of significant engine trouble... It's very possible that they didn't do the 115 point test that they say they did. <laughs> did you did you tell them you're a podcaster? That might that might put <laughs> some fear in them. It hasn't come up yet. Hey, so hey the, buddy, 
they I'm a well, podcaster. Interestingly, they so the first thing, the the crankshaft position sensor, they took full ownership of that, replaced it, didn't charge us anything for it. Um which may end up being a huge mistake on their part because that implies a an obligation to fix any issues with the car at the point that it was at, which turns out catalytic converter, well, that's $2,000. They're going to have to cover that. Um, but, uh, you know, my wife pulled up uh, all the reviews on the internet and everyone says they're crooks and horrible and, you know, how reviews are for basic things is no one who's happy leaves a review. Everyone who's upset leaves a very long review. So... It's uh, it's a mess. I'm a little bit stressed out. Started drinking. I'm sorry, man. I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to bring that up. I thought I thought this I was going to be one of these, you know, easy things. But no, it's uh, so me. We, we've made zero payments. We don't owe money on it until the 25th. You kind of do when you sign the contract. That's not when you owe money. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> you understand how that works, yeah. right? <laughs> it's just a uh, just a bad situation all around, and. Uh, you know how it is when wives cry. You just you just sort of go, I, I love you. I'm sorry. I don't. My mm-hmm. wife doesn't cry. I don't, well, don't yeah, know what she's, you're talking about, buddy. She is significantly tougher than you are. Well, she's living the dream. The dream <laughs> being married I call to you. Yeah. That's right. What he means is that she got all the crying done long ago. It's just out of the system. <laughs> she, 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 she figured out real early that it doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah no the, that situation's a mess, and then uh, did our uh, our sprint planning on uh, on Tuesday uh, without realizing that I only had four actual days of work for this sprint because I'm going to be on vacation, mm-hmm. so I have quite a bit of uh, story points to get done tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that was me today. I got news yeah? for you. Oh yeah, I'm not even joking. I have uh, a, a client. The client I work on um, understands my position. He understands I'm running a company that, you know, what their company is, that we just purchased a magazine. He, he's a very understanding client. And typically, he just cues up things. He says, you know, when you get to, get to some time, work on these things for me. I'm like, okay. And I charge him the hours I work on them. If I don't work on anything, I don't charge him anything. So these last couple of weeks, I, I've just had no time. Um, last week was just, it seemed like the magazine chewed up a lot of our time mm-hmm. and, I, and I've been keeping him informed. I'm like, Hey, sorry, I only gave you three or four hours this week. Uh, I'll try to get some more to you. And in all honest, honesty, I was putting days aside to work on stuff for him and then something would come up. So talking to him, uh, yesterday, yeah, yesterday. And he said, you know, what's the status of this? I'm like, well, I really haven't gotten around to it. Uh, but I, my day's clear today. I'm only planning on working on this. He goes, okay, well, kind of needed it done like yesterday. I'm like, <laughs> last well, <laughs> that would have been good information to have uh, sooner. So I'm sitting there and I dive into it. And I'm pounding it out. And, you know, we, we have a pretty good sense of each other. So he doesn't typically write very specific tickets for me. And, yeah, they're they're kind of very general, and I can usually grep what it is he needs, and you know, pretty much do do it for him. I totally, totally missed the target with this one. And this morning we're talking, and I send him a message. I'm like, "Hey, in your ticket, you said you wanted a category with a link, but you wanted the link to have a title. But would the title be the category?" He goes, "Well, no, no, all the links need titles." I'm like, "Wait." You want multiple links to a category, don't you? He is, yeah. I'm like, well, got to do some refactoring there, don't I? <laughs> just that would have been good, I, good information to have. Oh, I just cranked cranked out some code today, man. And then, and, then and I'm spun like, some wheels a little bit, spinning my wheels for like thirty minutes. Oh, that must because be nice. I can't spin my wheels. Freaking Laravel! <laughs> Catal- I was like, Catal- oh Catal- yeah, th- this, yeah, this this route doesn't exist. This route doesn't exist. So I finally, I pulled John in, like, hey, you got some time? Actually, John volunteered. And sure enough, I'm walking him through everything, basically rubber ducking it. And I realized that it's not even my code that's breaking it. It's the stupid little breadcrumb that goes across the top that has the route. The route was actually not even wrong. It just had a space at the end of it. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, so now I saw the space. I started laughing. I'm like, oh, this is a good one. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's how that's how that's how John helps me. He just starts laughing at my code. I'm like, you motherfucker, what? Well, see, every every time I try to help Eric, uh, I say, uh, go up to line ten. No, is that what is that? Four. Now you moved up, so now it's nine. The line numbers thing. I don't get it. I don't. I I, I can't help it if you're not good at coding. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you. I'm not going to apologize for being good. And you not being good. I'll apologize for not apologizing, but mm. it's very simple. They're relative numbers. You see the number nine. You say go up nine spaces, nine yeah, lines. That's all you gotta say. You scroll while, while John every doesn't time seem we're to have a screen, problem with it. Every time John, we're, John has John it. has also John complained told me about this. And every time you scroll, you go further away from where I, I wanted can't to be. Dumb my tool chain down for you, Tom. You need <laughs> well, you should to learn elevate to yourself to my level. Get up here with me. It's, I already, I'm already courteous enough to go to like VS Code or PHP Storm, depending on who I'm asking for help. <laughs> so be, be appreciative that I do that. I am. Oh god. I think you were right. Sorry, replying to Joe Ferguson in in uh, Discord. If you're not part of our Discord, join us. Discord.phpugly.com. And if you're a Patreon supporter, doesn't work when you, you actually get a special Discord talk over channel. Each other. Yeah. Yeah, so why don't you just, you know, zip it, buddy? We got some uh, <laughs> Patreon. We got some Patreon rewards sent out today or this week, didn't we? What? I thought John had some envelopes ready to go. Yeah. That that was sit around his office for about three or four weeks. <laughs> what are you talking about? John, did I miss a message? Did you get things sent out? I told you I was getting them sent out. I had the packages yeah. ready. Yeah. They're... So, how was your week? <laughs> <laughs> no, they they are gone. I actually went into the post office to make sure I had enough postage on every single one of them. They're out. Really? Wow. Yeah. Now yep. we got to update the list. We got new patrons. We got a new one this week. So we're gonna have to sit out. We're gonna have to up our game a little bit. Should be. Should we should we talk about things? No, we're not going to talk about things, are we? What? Oh, always going to talk about things. Oh, no, it's what up things? To John. <laughs> I well, now I don't know what you're talking about. So it's I'm going to talk about. Oh. That was very. Weird. My only thing is, I my week. I've been dealing with companies that I don't understand how they stay in business. It drives me absolutely nuts. I was on. I, I was reaching out to HubSpot for support. Sitting there talking to live support about an issue I was having. And the person goes, I gotta be honest with you. I'm, I work in sales. Let me, let me look into this for you. Comes back, found information from their community support site. I go and look at it, reply to them saying, yeah, that has nothing to do with what I said. Like not even remotely close to what I was talking about. And they said that, uh, I should reach out to the, the customer area, whatever they call that. A community center where it's other people in the community chatting. I need to reach out there. So like, I'm gonna just like and I'm go, gonna, go post on our bulletin board. Yeah, and I'm gonna close this this chat out now. Thank you. And then closes the chat. I'm like, what? The? <laughs> Wait, I, we pay you. Why you can't do that? And and the, the same issue with the the people that print the magazine for us. I reach out to them for help, and they won't. You can't call anybody. Everything's through email, and then. It's just everything gets lost by email or people don't respond for two weeks and you're like, hello, can I get an update? And then you find out, oh, well, we're sending an email to the wrong email address. How do how do businesses stay in business? I just don't get it. Well, at first I thought you were talking about Rivian. Huh? What is that? So the electric car company, it's now the biggest car. It's the biggest company in the U.S. that has no revenue. Electric car manufacturer blew up this week on on the stock market, but doesn't make any money. Uh, I, I'm amazed at, at how far a company can go without making a profit. Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> we can go a few years. Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, I don't know how we do it, but we do it. <laughs> I'm just so depressed. <laughs> you gotta stop about paying what? people, man. That's a good idea. That's how we save money. What are you depressed about? That's, I'm going to talk about PHP stuff. So let, let's let's get through the boohoo stuff fairly, fairly quickly. Okay, is that insensitive? I feel like that was insensitive. Right? You should probably talk. Oh. <laughs> uh, you guys do know that I got a, a Pixel. 
I got the Pixel you, Six. I, I saw you talking about oh, that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he mentioned no, it I, in the. He was getting the truck and the Pixel Six. He says it in our Slack channel. The truck, or car, whatever you got. Car, yes, the vehicle. I'm sorry. Um, Forgive me. Yeah, got a Pixel Six, and I'm I'm really surprised you guys did not talk about this at length when you got one because I am baffled by Google's decisions on so much of this phone. The the only problem I have is the fingerprint sensor. I have, oh, I really? have I, I've experienced I a like, little bit of that. The lack of the back button is really driving me crazy. That's, you can turn it back on, yeah, but, but it's, it's just wrong. swipe. It's just swipe from the side. It's swipe from the side sometimes, but if you're in an app and you've gone through that app, that just swipes you back through the app. Is what I've been experiencing. Yeah, the, versus you're talking what? about what the you... home button. The home button is swipe from the bottom. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I, I hijacked that. Here's, what is your issue? What are your well, issues, that's, Tom? That's, I, like that's I said, boo-hoo, so, move on. I had, Let's go. My first Android phone, well, my first smartphone was an iPhone. But when I moved out of their ecosystem, I started with an Android phone, and it had three physical buttons on the bottom for back, home, and open processes. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you short right there. If you're... If you're if you're going to proclaim that there's any better Android experience or Android phone out there than the Pixel, you better be willing to back it up and quickly because we're we'll not going to spend that. 30 minutes talking about this. We'll get into that. You better hurry. My next phone, <laughs> physical button was only the home button. The other two were virtual buttons. The phone oh, after geez, that, the ho- every button on it was a virtual button, but it had like a little haptic feedback on the bottom. And then I got this phone. And those buttons mm-hmm. are gone completely. Yep. And it's like, all, no, how no, does turn, no buttons turn them? Turn them on. How does not, not not just Android? A lot of lot of modern phones doing that. Sure, but yep, not go ahead the Apple. The Apple stuff stays the same. I don't think so. It's, it's not a it's not a complete redesign of of the interaction of the phone. That's literally what they do all the time. What are you talking about? When's the last time you've lived in the Apple ecosystem? Sure, in a <laughs> while. But I've used an Apple phone yeah. and known how to use it. Yeah, but you can turn those buttons back on through the settings. So if you turn them back on, the back button and the open programs button are swapped from what they were on my previous phone, and there's no option to swap them back. And if you open, what were they the, in your previous phone? It was the the left side was the open programs, the right side was the back button. Nope. Well, that's that's all the Samsung. That doesn't even make any sense. Well, that's Samsung because Samsung is a terrible, terrible implementation of Android's phone. Sure, but don't have the option of swapping that. You weren't using a Pixel before, but that that was always the Pixel layout. You go into the gesture So you're complaining about something you don't even know. Okay, can we move on? In the gesture controls, you can't turn off one of the sides for the back button. So since oh I'm a righty, God. I would like to use the left side of the screen only for the back button. But I have to have both sides enabled for the back button. There's, you can't just turn one side off. Now, I will say the Google Assistant is amazing. Have you guys been using it at all? Mm-hmm. Nope, I never use it. Like phone screening or like spam call screening? Like where I got a call and instead of my phone ringing, the Google Assistant answered and said, uh, hey, this looks like a spam call. Can you please tell us what it is that you're yeah. trying to contact this person for? And I got a text message on the screen that said, uh, a car extended warranty, and I could just hang up without having to answer the phone. No, yeah, but and the problem is the Google Assistant misunderstood it. They were trying to tell you that you get your car checked. <laughs> They have. They, they left that. some. They should've found some parts left over from the last time you brought it in. Yeah, should have seen that coming. <laughs> yeah, that that's an old feature. Uh, as much uh, like I have it, I, I don't even I don't even pay attention to it anymore. It just does it for me. I don't even yeah. think of it. I, uh, it, it also it, it auto screen like you can set it to screen a call if you're busy. It's like when you receive a call from somebody, you can say. Like, hey, tell them I'm busy right now. Ask if it's an emergency, and like, you can do a lo- like a text conversation with the person who's on- calling you. <clears throat> it's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like app authentication stuff, two factor stuff, is now completely automated. It's like normally you'd have to copy the message that you got texted into the app that you were trying to open, <clears throat> but now mm-hmm. it's looking for a code being sent to your SMS, and if you have an app open, it just pastes that code into the app that's open. Like it's yeah. just nice new. little tweaks, nice little features. Lots of phones do that. <laughs> well, mine didn't. I had an S9 Plus, which is pretty modern. My wife has an S10, 
which is pretty modern. They're, but they're up to like S21 now. Yeah, because they jumped like three versions because their batteries exploded. So they were like trying to distance themselves from that whole, you know, you're not allowed on airplanes with this model. That was a long time ago. Sure. Gotta just Still got to distance yourself. From okay, it. so listen, there are a lot of things you can say about our show. We're not very good at it. We don't talk about enough PHP stuff. All very true statements. The one thing that is also a true statement, and the one thing you can say, is that we have got, hands down, across the board, the best intro music of any podcast out there. Well, it's not an intro. If you're an audio listener, I'm sorry. It's the outro music. We've got the best custom music by our man, Harry Mack. True. Now, I didn't realize how good of a job Harry Mack did rapping about a PHP podcast until when he knows John. nothing about when he knows nothing about PHP to begin with. Nothing at all. The guy just just spit it and it just came together. Straight fire. Until until John said, Hey, did you know there's an official PHP song? I'm like well, I didn't say official, but go ahead. I'm pretty sure you did. John, I don't know why you want to try to call me out now. I'll just make it look bad, but whatever. Anyways. <laughs> John said there was a PHP song. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not going to tell you how we happened to come across it. But he turns me on to this video. Not only <laughs> not, not only was it cringy as hell, but it was cringy as hell in 4K. And I actually watched the extended version director's cut of the song. And I'm going to drop it for our Discord people. Today. We had we had discussed using this as our theme song when we first started. What like are you this is this about? is yeah, absolutely. This what has been on about? the podcast. No, this has the, not the video been on the podcast. was the the YouTube video was, was released earlier this year, January of last year. Or yeah. January yeah, the four K cut. No, the original. No, one. the original. I have never seen this video ever, or heard this song ever in my life, and I I had appreciated that so much the moment I started listening to it. This was hard to listen to. But there were some there there were some hilarious parts in it, though. It was very funny. I and and I applaud the people who put it together because you know it 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 takes it takes guts to put yourself out there like that, and and they tried, And, and there was some. Clearly, some language barriers as well, and they 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 muscled through it. It was uh, it was just bad. <laughs> just I want to like it. I want to support them on it, but just you know, get get just reach out to somebody and get some feedback. <laughs> but it's in Discord for anybody who uh, who is hanging out with us live. It'll be in the uh, show notes check too. Out Discord. You you can stop listening to us. Trust me. We are not going to be as good as the experience you're about to to just embrace with the PHP song to do that. That probably wasn't a good idea doing that at the, at the like middle of the show. I should have saved that to the end. <laughs> now we'll, we'll never get this because it's like a six or seven minute long song. Yeah, so we're not yeah. going to we're not going to see those listeners for a while. I I missed you guys, John, <laughs> Joe, Frank. No, you guys are listening anymore. <laughs> Yeah. We'll six, make it. We'll six, make a note to come back to you in seven minutes. <laughs> Elio's Elio's gone. He's 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 gonna just start a fan page for them. Oh gosh, they're all gone. Well, there's a lot going on in PHP this week. Uh, very heated conversations. About? I'm not sure. Have you guys followed externals at all this week? I I'm hoping you can explain to me. Actually, I think John has some feedback on this as well. The impact of uh, the uh, deprecation of dynamic principles. Properties. Oh, I'm sorry. Properties. Yep. Dynamic properties. The deprecation. So it's only a deprecation, not a removal, just a deprecation of dynamic properties. Now, I believe that this deprecation slates the removal for 8.4. Oh, it's that far off, huh? That's not that far off. Uh, yeah, oh no! Sorry, sorry. For eight point three, I believe the deprecation is for next year's release. And yeah, the but removal, it's deprecation. Yeah, yeah. The removal. So removal after in that. nine. Uh, no, I believe it was eight three that the the removal is coming in. No, eight three is deprecation. No, deprecation. eight two is no eight two is the deprecation, and I believe eight three was the removal. Oh, now you got me questioning that because that doesn't sound right. I can, can explain. Can you explain? So to me, like, right now, like I'm a child, what 
what this is and what the impact is. So, and like I normally like I said, do. I know. Well, so, but I, I'm hoping to you consolidate you it to like within this show, at some point. Well, here, here it goes. Well, so right well, now, if you're claiming? in a class and you reference a property of that class, uh, this name or this uh, person, uh, or if you're using a class, uh, so you say user equals new user, and then you say user name equals Tom, uh, PHP will allow that. PHP will just set the property in the class or in the object. So that's considered bad because there's no public private there's no type hinting on it there's it's just like you can randomly assign stuff into an object even if the object is protected uh, if the object's final i don't believe you can but if the object isn't final then you could just throw a billion properties into it randomly um that's not so much a problem in the sense that from outside adding properties to it as long as the internal parts of the object aren't using it not that big of a deal right it's but there are plenty of objects safe. out there that have dynamic getters and setters that will return these values and set these values and you don't want them to do this um so the proposal here is to throw a deprecation warning whenever you do this now and then remove this ability in the future and in the community it's generally seen as like a whoops we shouldn't have left that you know, let that happen in the first place, but we were too busy with other stuff and didn't catch it. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a big backwards compatibility break for a lot of people. It's going to be huge for the code base I work in. I mean, it's weird. It's almost very weird. It's why is it weird? What what part? What do you mean? It's weird. I just, it, it like it's bad. It was bad practice to set dynamic properties like that in the first place. Right. But the fact is that it's, it happens and has been done. Yeah. So the community is is all a flutter about when this should be done or if this should be done at all, if this deprecation should occur. And a lot of the arguments against this deprecation are like, hey, you're not we're not hurting anybody. It's not a security issue. It's just bad programming and it makes the language easier for people to use and understand. And it's like, yes, yeah, shut up. That is not that is not true. You know, this this is bad programming and making things easier is not the goal. Making things better is the goal. Right. And so many people are still stuck in this idea of like PHP is the easy language to use. And that's why all of these articles about how PHP is dying or bad still persist is that we, you know, so many people in the community still consider it to be the easy language or the beginner language. And that sucks because it's not. It's a very dynamic capable, strong language that gets stronger with every release. And people who are like on the voting committee who are like, I want, you know, my, I want my son to learn this instead of scratch need to shut up and like get out of the committee. Cause that's right. not what people are for. We need to pause for a second. Welcome everyone back. That's been listening to the video. <laughs> oh, has Just it like been in, six minutes already? Yeah. yeah. So in the, yeah. Welcome in, the back. in the video it talks about how fast PHP is. So yes, we're on the right track. PHP is fast and a great language. You can continue. It will last. It's fast and will last. But this there this argument, go. this argument that like it's going to make things too difficult for new developers is such horse shit. Like the language that developers first learn when they go to school is Java. So going to PHP from Java, no matter how you cut it, is a million times easier. I don't. Yeah, but I I, I, th I think that's the point that they're trying to make is that. PHP was the language that people without you know, computer science degrees could pick up, learn, and get productive with. And I think that's what they're worried about losing. And I kind of understand their Which, point, but at the same time... Of the three of us, who has a computer science degree? No, you don't. Me. Yes, I do. Yes, he does. He's got a pilot's uh, license, too, so piss uh, off. Not just computer science, excuse me. Aviation computer science. Let's be clear, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Which means, you know, he had to jump out of a plane while coding. <laughs> you try that. <laughs> this... But listen, let me finish talking. All right, go. Uh, I, I, I kind of I get their point. But at the same time, you know, the internet has grown and, and PHP has to grow. And I mean, there, there's some validity to the statement of making PHP approachable to non-computer science people. And I, I appreciate that there, there are people trying to, to enforce that. So if they have a valid, valid argument, I think it's worth hearing out. But at the same time, PHP has gotten so much better. 
And the reason it's it's still relevant is because it keeps yeah. maturing. Yeah. I, I feel like if you forked 5.4 and called it like PHP Classic, you could get rid of all of these assholes all at once and just say like, yeah, we're doing support for 5.4 forever. No new features, just security fixes and support. Yeah, they they had that. It was called WordPress. What's yeah, that? I mean that's that's the joke. So that, I guess WordPress doesn't have a problem with this, right? Because I mean it wouldn't even be something we'd be discussing if the wordpress community stepped in and said hey no, WordPress, wait a minute. wordpress had to get on the bus because when wordpress had their auto update issue that every wordpress site basically hacked itself uh, a year or two ago then the php community in general told them like shut up and update and wordpress has been in the process of updating to the latest versions of php but WordPress isn't even like the easy PHP user language. But WordPress is is such its own domain specific language that PHP doesn't matter as part of it. Like whether or not it's simple, and yeah. and this idea that bad practice makes for for easier programming is like what a bunch of horse shit. Bad practice doesn't that, make easier programming; it makes worse programming in the long run. Like, oh, really? Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think that's true, but. Let me ask you something, Tom. What other languages do you code in, and why? JavaScript. I don't count JavaScript as a language. Come on, that's nah, get, get real. You talk HTML. <laughs> so you so you don't do you don't do Rust. You don't do no. You it, it, is there a reason for that? I don't have is an it application because it might, maybe maybe it was too difficult, uh, too much of a learning curve. Oh to no! Pick it up? Oh, did you step into that? No. Rust no, and Go sure were very it? easy to learn. No, no. Okay. Just saying. Just uh, one saying. of the one of the things that interests me about Rust is that it compiles to WebAssembly, which is like in our near future. But no, the reason I don't use them is because I am a PHP developer by trade. I'm given PHP projects to work on. I'm not given Rust not, projects uh, to work I, on. But but don't you think that helps keep you sharp with PHP? I, sure. I'm always picking up other languages just to understand how they do things compared to how PHP does things. It gives me a better understanding of the decisions that are made within PHP. Now, I, I'm not efficient with any of them, but I'm not efficient with PHP. Spoiler <laughs> alert! <laughs> no, I put extra means... spaces in my code somewhere and it causes me problems. Yeah, there's... there's hey, absolutely... I can joke about it. You can't. Shut up! There's absolutely reasons to use other languages, but there's no reason to make PHP bad. I didn't say there was reason to use them, reason to learn them, but you shouldn't be using PHP well, is the only one you should be using. And you should be reading PHP Architect Magazine to make sure you're using it well and efficiently <laughs> and continue learning from great contributors. Like Joe Ferguson in our Discord channel, discord.phpugly.com. Michael Durner, I thought you were saying PHP 5 is greater than I, PHP 7 is greater than PHP 8. Don't don't acknowledge Dorinda. He, he, he's a bully on the internet. And we don't acknowledge bullies on the internet, Mr. Drinda. Well, here's okay, here's my other here's my other part of this issue is that this is just a deprecation. You have two years to fix something that uh, there are a number of automated tools that can fix for you. Like a large mm-hmm. number of static analysis tools that will automatically fix this. Your bra- and, your think, IDE will, and, has little squigglies under there anyway, and they yeah. got to be annoying. So you should be fixing it as. And we have a very easy way of catching deprecation notices. How in the world could you do that? I don't think that's how Honey Badger is used. <laughs> when you're in production, a thousand things can go wrong. You could deploy a bug in your latest release. Your background jobs can silently fail. Someone could trip over the network cable at your data center, and this all comes back to you. You need to know when bad things happen and be able to respond to them quickly. That's why we built Honey Badger. It's easy to install Honey Badger in your backend applications and front-end JavaScript. It only takes a few minutes of configuration and you'll have monitoring done. That's because we hook into popular web frameworks, job systems, and the browser so that when any of them crash, we can automatically let you know. We ping your application from our global fleet of servers to let you know about problems with connectivity, latency, and SSL certificates. And we monitor your recurring jobs to see if any of them stop recurring. When there's a problem, we alert your team using the tools you already use. We can create issues in GitHub, Jira, and other issue trackers, and send notifications via Slack, PagerDuty, or other channels. When you click through, you'll be taken to detailed information on the error. You'll see things like request parameters, headers, user information, and the backtrace. Click on any line of the backtrace to view it in GitHub, Bitbucket, or your local editor. When you fix a problem, just mark it resolved and follow up with the affected user. That's Honey Badger. 
where the monitoring tool for web developers would rather be, well, developing. Thank you, Honey Thank Badger. You, honey Thank Badger. you, Honey Badger. That was a very half-assed thank you from John. Thank you. Thank you. I was I, I, I was reading. Sorry. I'm not allowed to say Michael during his name, so I can't acknowledge what he just said. The, you just said it! There are, there are free tools from Laravel Shift that will fix this exact issue for you before 8.2 is even released. And and even though it's a backwards compatible break, you can make the change forward compatibly. It's not backwards right now. compatible. It's not a backwards compatible break on 8.2. No, it's a break that. on nine. So I pulled up the exact version stuff here and it's a break on nine. And it's just in the RFC. That's nothing set in stone. This recommendation. Well, actually, no, that, that, RFC. RFC, that RFC is set in stone. That's why people are fighting it. Oh, did, did, did is it pass? That if, if well, so this is a classic two thirds issue, I believe, and right now it's forty six yes, twenty no. So <sighs> I just I think it's I think it's a weird thing for there to be so much fighting about, and it brought out mm. some really weird crazies on Reddit. Uh, a lot of Reddit, oh, see, I don't even go there. Go I, ahead, I have to. A lot of red, a, a couple Reddit threads got created about missing the old days. Of 5.1 and the <laughs> MySQL. Like, I'm serious. Like, pages of. No, I totally what have you done? You. Like, what have you done to my dear PHP, all you maniacs who keep making it better? And it is crazy. There's always going to be that. We really shouldn't give that a lot of time. I mean, people, there, there are always going to be people who don't want change. And I mean, there be there are going to be people who are going to complain about the fact that like Laravel releases every week because they don't want new things in their code every week. You know, it's just, yeah, that, that just, I get that. Like, you know, well, I, your I grandfather who, who made a blog 20, 30 years ago and now he realizes that his code won't run anymore. I read a post where a guy went at length over how ORM and auto loading and dependency injection are ruining PHP. And it's like, how crazy do you have to be? That's, I mean, to, to step back 10 years, I mean, I know how crazy I've mentioned Fox pro in the past, but still like, to hold on to 15-year-old programming styles, like essentially functional programming, ditching object-oriented completely. It's crazy. Like, it's like saying C is still relevant. Wait a minute. Oh, there, there's so much complaint <laughs> over magic methods, which like there's good and bad, but magic methods make everything work. Magic methods bring the whole system together. There's there's no frameworks right now. I, I, I cannot track you at all. To, 30 seconds ago, you're complaining about people arguing about dynamic properties, and, and now you're, you want to defend magic methods? Who, why, why are you here? I defend them as, I defend them as a feature of the language that's excellent in frameworks, but shouldn't be in, lo- in like local code. Like, <laughs> I, I want to be your friend, Tom. I want I to be your friend. I want to support you. I want to have your back. But you really, you really make it challenging. <laughs> Why is it okay for frameworks but not okay for local code? Because frameworks enable concise coding on the user side. And magic methods are a good way of obfuscating or, or of, of achieving functionality that can be done like macroing and uh, auto-discovery of, of things about models, stuff like that. And there's just not a lot of user land code that should be doing that kind of stuff. The user, the user Obviously, you haven't seen my code. My code needs a lot of magic. I don't doubt that. But in my opinion, userland code doesn't need a lot of magic stuff. It needs to be very solid. But framework code needs to be flexible, needs to be easy to understand. And I mean, that's why Laravel has taken off the way it did, is it, it has a lot of magic taking over for mundane and crappy stuff, uh, especially Eloquent. Eloquent does... A lot of magic stuff that, if you accept it, works quite well. But, I mean, that's just one element. The idea that we shouldn't be using ORMs, I mean, that's, that's weird. And I'm just yes. saying that that's, that's been the big controversy right, right now in, in PHP land. I've got a lot of controversy this week. I think all my tickets are controversy. Really? Okay, what, something like you. What other controversy do you have? Well, I didn't know this. 
But Streamlabs, OBS, and OBS are not related in any way as as entities. This, why are you? Do you are they, are, they oh, because OBS, the, the, the letters OBS. Right. Are they doing the same thing? They yeah, are the it's, same. It's thing. the same software. They just they just tweak it a little bit. Well, the big thing came out this week that uh, Streamlabs, owned by Logitech, has been contacting a lot of different companies to check out how their software works and then implementing their own version of it as an exact copy in their software. And that hmm? and that Streamlabs OBS uses the open source code for OBS, but is not participating in the contribution to the OBS project in the way that you would expect them to. Uh, Streamlabs was asked not to use the word or the term OBS in their project. Uh, they ignored it. Uh, there's software called Combo, which Streamlabs had reached out to this open source group and asked them a whole bunch of questions about it and then implemented their own version as a complete copy. Uh, so all of a sudden this week, there's you know four or five projects or companies coming out that are basically saying, yeah, 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 Streamlabs stole our software or our design just completely. Oh, I saw one of those, but it's... I don't know. You're, you're talking about the web, the web pages, right? The, the web page. Uh, no, it was. I mean, uh, it, it's, the one I saw was were web pages, and it's like they're just like the same basic like marketing web pages that everybody uses. I I didn't. I mean, yeah, they look they look alike, but so do half the freaking marketing pages on the internet. <laughs> it wasn't just pages. So, it was it was their their layout for their studio, uh, the layout for a bunch of their tools for scene creation. Uh, it was a lot of different stuff. Now, Streamlabs has tweeted out, uh, "We're taking immediate action to remove the name OBS from Streamlabs because that's the really big legal issue. The fact that they used the same name after asking and being told not to. Uh, and they're also saying that the text on their landing page was placeholder and was a mistake. <laughs> this is our fault when we removed the text. Yeah, for a number of years. It's, let's see, the Lightstream project, which they had taken and copied all the, all of the copy was taken directly from uh, another source. Light, so... Lightstream is is a another project which OBS had, or Streamlabs had reached out to and then just copied the entire text of the site and recreated it as their version of Lightstream. Like really uh, scummy corporate crap. Such a bummer. But I thought I thought Streamlabs and OBS were like associated in some way. I thought Streamlabs was the the paid version of the OBS Studio and that they were related. But in the end, they're not. No, they're not related at all. Streamlabs gotcha. is just selling OBS. True. And then there's Russia. There's there's the Russia controversy. You what Russia the, controversy? They shot down a satellite testing their new anti-satellite weapon, and like, well, how really? else were they going to know it worked unless they not? Well, so it turns out the satellite that they picked threw all of its debris right in the path of the International Space Station. And everyone's very mad at them. Fucking Russia. No, nothing. <laughs> Eric, I don't know anything you? about it. I haven't heard about it. Hey, did you have you seen the the that there's a new PHP Foundation? I saw this. I don't know much about it though. I don't know a whole lot about it. I just saw like it popped up on Open Collective, and it seems like there's a couple people trying to get something going there. Well, that's good. But there's been some some discussions going on going on around it, and. I gotta admit, I'm in support of a foundation. I think other languages have something very similar. Well, aren't you like you're technically in support of them because you are two of the three top financial contributors? Oh yeah, there's that too. There's that. There's that little piece. Yeah, <laughs> got us. I don't know. I, I think it's at the end will be a good thing if if we can. There there was a article what earlier this year talking about the bus factor. And we've been talking. I think we even mentioned a foundation around that time needing something like that. And if mm-hmm. if if one's going to get started and can support the community, more power to it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the person who wrote that bus factor uh, piece is uh, one of the admins of the foundation, and I don't think that's by chance. What is no? what is this bus factor stuff? We talked we about, about it about a, a while back. Yeah, yeah, Joe. So the bus, Joe, the, uh, oh, Joe Watkins oh, had written hit an article. By a bus. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the fact that there's only a, a few 
people in core that really know Nikita Popov being one of them, obviously, where if something happened, what would happen to PHP in general? So if you had the foundation to support and help bring up more people into PHP core, maintaining, contributing, adding features, the better. Having more people increase your bus factor or lower your bus factor. Which way is that? Which way do you go on that? Lower the bus factor. I think you lower your bus factor. I think I think I think actually the bus fare gets cheaper, so more people get on the bus. Maybe that's what it is. So, how do you? I mean, how do you deal with that at Diego Dev? How do you keep people from being the only expert in their own projects? That's oh, a good we question. Look into that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so so it's a little different, right? I mean, we're not we're not running a major uh, volunteer open source project that that powers most of the internet our team is a little smaller than that but uh so we've been trying the the one thing we've been doing is called playbooks right whenever somebody has knowledge on something we encourage people to create playbooks of you know the, the implementation of something or how things are deployed or how tests are ran so Trying to spread that, the knowledge to everybody, not make it a one-person yeah, show. Yeah, we we typically try try to make sure that there's at least two people that understand any one aspect of a client. But it's still hard because we have so many small projects too, where you really can't have multiple people. And yeah. we Eric, Eric does a fantastic job of management in general and keeping an eye on all the projects. And then I get into a couple of the I don't want to say. Like offshoot ones, like dealing with dialers or PBX machines. I already have experience in that. So we have one developer that has kind of gone off and does some of that work, but I jump in and help out when necessary. Yeah. I mean, the hard part is that we have, we have, we don't have entry level developers. We have like very talented developers and not who do things well beyond development. And a lot of times, uh, like, they will start working on, on a piece of a client's project and not even realizing that how much knowledge that they, they contain on this one project. And, and we do have weak, weak spots, actually, to be completely open with you. Our, I mean, our mobile, our mobile development hinders a lot on, like, one person uh, that we, you know, we've tried in the past to offset that. Uh, a lot, and I think we're in a pretty good position where, like, if we needed to get rid of the person next week, we we could probably do it because of the some of the solutions we went with from a mobile perspective. Don't worry, you're not but, in any danger. There's you don't no, have to worry. Dave, don't take this clip. You should worry. You should worry a lot. <laughs> Just don't buy any large, expensive items anytime soon, Dave. Or, yeah, like or, a car or, or, do, or Barry. Or, <laughs> that don't don't run. go. Don't. You might want to. Continue your your commercial acting career. <laughs> oh God, we got release manager talking Discord. What's happening? Yeah, yeah, they, they're doing it for uh, for the PHP uh, release manager. It's what I hear, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really follow that that closely. Don't care enough about it to. But yeah, yeah, I guess they do that for the PHP release managers. So whatever. The reason I bring this up is because I sort of ran into an issue where a decision had been made in the code a long time ago, and it, there was no one who like would stand up as the authoritative source of, is this how we're doing it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I wanted to refactor things to sort of be a little more clear. We were storing uh, some data objects on the, the business record that really belonged to the user, but in our original build, we only had one user or one owner per business. So you could reference the business object as having those same values. But as things got built up, it got confusing as to what the authoritative source of this information was. And no one really knew like if it was okay to to remove this data from the business object. And like yeah. I could I could talk to the other team and they're like, well, yeah, I implemented it, but like it was because that was the way I implemented it, not because of some sort of grand reasoning. And then I could talk to the you know other senior developers and they're like, well, what's this going to break if we start doing this? Or are people used to using it? And so it was hard to sort of have somebody who was the authority on how we're going to do this thing, how we're going to store these types of values. And 
that got into the that that lended itself into the area of like, well, who's the authority on anything in the system? It's usually the person who implemented it the first time, and then they take the tickets that relate to that system from then on, and other people never get the experience of being in it or knowing what it is. So, like our bus factor. You know, one person could take out a whole chunk of knowledge that's just completely dependent on them. And yeah. So I, I want to bring something up before it gets before I lose it. Charlton in Discord said the difficulty of naming things is always followed by the difficulty of where to put it. <laughs> yeah. So we've been talking we've been talking <laughs> about Codepilot a lot for the past couple of weekends uh, for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And I'm still I'm still using it. Right, I still use it. I use it a ton. And the, yeah, it's funny. Like the things I'm learning. And today, as a matter of fact, when I was doing my coding blitz, <laughs> I found another thing that like <laughs> I don't know if it irritated me or what, but I, I'm doing a um, it, it suggests a block of code for the stuff I'm doing it, and it named variables better than what I named them. I'm like, oh shit, that's a, so much a better that's such a better name than what I named it. I gotta go now change that uh, migration yeah. because that definitely should have been called that. I have <laughs> I have gone back several times in my code and been like, well I guess I'm refactoring the controller because the request object is named much better. <laughs> for me for me it's like always the columns in the database. Like yep, I should have named that column that because Copilot, you are way better at that than I am. Oh, yeah. No, and because you'll tell it what you want to do first. So you'll write a comment that says, you know, get the VIN number from the vehicle, and it pops back a little thing that's just like vehicle VIN. And then you're like, oh, why did I why did I call it business address? <laughs> I mean, that's a terrible example. You, so, so you're still doing co you're still doing copilot through the commenting piece? Uh not as much lately, not as much this week. Um, I'm still using Copilot a ton for testing. Um, but are you doing it through comments or just letting it pre, almost like IntelliSense? Well, because of how PHP unit testing works, you have to give it a very descriptive uh, method name anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's almost as if you commented it. It can read your method names if you camel case them and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, it's just as good as a comment and, you know, uh, test whether or not the page 404 is when you send a bad value in the username field and like, bam, it writes the whole test for you. Like no problem. Um, <laughs> although usually it names the route, something much better than what I named the route in the first place. <laughs> so I have to rename <laughs> the routes now, but, uh, do you put spaces in your routes? No, I, I try not to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, but uh, w- what it does very poorly is brand new objects. Uh, if, if I'm implementing a brand new API service and I'm extending a custom request object that I've built, it's very bad at understanding the purpose and structure of the custom request object and usually just tries to circumvent it completely. So right now I have these custom requests that just have the URL, the method, the rules and the values and everything else is handled by the service, which just says run the run this request and copilot absolutely cannot understand that at all. Um, and it's, it has trouble with uh, closing brackets a lot of times. Oh, that that's the biggest issue it has or the closing, yeah. closing brackets. Um, I think it just John doesn't understand PHP Discord, well enough. John Discord, to answer your question, yeah, it does help with database schemas, but because because of the nature of a database schema, at least with my experience, it's been very basic. Like like if you'll type string, it, like it might suggest like you know. Well, when I say migration, so you're, th- you're I, thinking migration schemas. I'm I'm thinking migrations. Yeah. So it it with with like migrations, it kind of helps. Like. It kind of figures out like what needs to be unique, what you know that sort of thing, but it's not really great with that. Um, I've found that it works really well with with Laravel migrations. Uh, Laravel migrations are something that haven't changed very much in GitHub in forever. So when I'm writing a new table, <clears throat> it pretty well understands what I'm going for. Um, it's, I mean, it it tries to figure some stuff out. So if I if I name it. Uh, an envelope object, or if I if I if I say I'm creating a new user address table, <clears throat> it will probably guess that I need address one, address two, zip code, area code, uh, phone, and all that stuff. <clears throat> it actually guesses mm. quite a bit 
of something that you're doing that's generic. Uh, it's just that when you're doing something new or that you think is new, it's more difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. And in my experience, it's been it's been nice to be able to like think I'm doing things the right way, but make sure to read what Copilot is saying because it's probably been done by somebody else better than the way I'm trying to implement it. So I should probably read what Copilot's telling me to do, and that includes database schemas. But again, it's so just a paragraph at a le- time. We learned something else today. I'm, I'm saying this because Joe Joe ha- Joe. Ferguson Discord says, be right back, starting up co-pilot for password management. It's not that. (laughs) (laughs) But for a long time, John and I have had this back and forth uh, uh, around password managers. Uh, I'm a a LastPass guy, um, and I'm perfectly happy with LastPass. John prefers 1Password, which I've I've gotten to the point where I'm pretty comfortable using 1Password now as well. Um, but I'm a stubborn old man that won't change his ways. But one password we discovered had a new feature in it today, and we just discovered it today. Uh, so John and I used to do something, uh, and it's a pretty common tactic that when you're filling out, obviously you know what password manager does, right? It, it you don't know what your passwords are, or you don't need to know what your passwords are. It, it comes up with these very complex passwords for you. That's great. But sometimes, like bank accounts and stuff, they have these ch- challenge questions, right? So what we would do is we would pick these challenge questions, and then we'd generate passwords for them and put those in. And I've had problems in the past when I've tried to do this, where it says, "Hey, uh, you know, that's not a name. I need a name or something." Like you know, it's like your best friend's. You know, best friend from elementary school's name, and it, it'll it'll see like numbers in it. It's like, nope, you know, this can't contain numbers. It can't c- contain symbols. So it's always annoying. But you know, you 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 work your way around it. Whatever. One password actually generates answers to those challenge questions now. Like, really? it has like a it has about a dozen challenge of the, like common challenge questions in there, and it'll generate these like. <laughs> just random things but they're they they're 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 like names but they're like names that don't make sense <laughs> and obviously names that you would know well you could do that with the password version too instead of using a random password you could change it to words and that's what i normally do is the random word generator and throw them in there Try, um, trying to give this guy a bone telling him how how good it, the, his 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 thing is but no he just go ahead john uh, Tell me, I just, tell me why you, I, the way you do it's better. I'm not saying how I do it is better. It's doing the same thing. I just don't understand. It was cool. It, it's neat, but why that versus how we were doing it anyway? Other than making it obvious that you can use this for that, but because you can add any additional data, any field you want, you can say what type of data goes in there. You just you can paste any question you want. Say this is a password. Change it to words, and so you go in there and you mod you modify your your password algorithm every time you do that. It's just in the selector. So when I say generate password, it's just it's I want words versus boxes. random. Hmm. Yeah, I never did that. I have mine set to like twenty five characters and just let it ride. Yeah. Oh, I love I love when I've got it set to like sixteen characters, and the uh, website's like that's too many characters. Especially banks. I I hate when when it's restricted. Yeah, or like when too complicated of a password. Come on. One of the things that's common with payroll systems is: uh, Do you recognize this icon that you chose when you first set up your account? It's either. Oh, I haven't seen one of those in a very long time. Well, do you know why that came into play in the first place? I have no idea. So it got federally mandated that banks and payroll companies had to implement two-factor authentication. And someone was like, hey, if they choose an icon and when they log in, it's the same icon, that counts as two-factor authentication. So it was literally the cheapest way they could circumvent the law, like they could meet compliance with the law. And there are still plenty of banks and payroll companies out there that use it. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. The whole defeating the two FA purpose by keeping this information in your one in your password manager. I get it. Yeah, they still do it, but I get it. I, yeah, if somebody gets access to my password manager, I have other problems anyway. And for for our business, having the the two factor part of one password oh. where we can share that information it, is critical. I mean, it's a pain in the ass if. Mm-hmm. You go to a site where all they do is email you the code. It's like, 
Eric, they're emailing you a code. What is it so I can log in? Yep. Yeah. Not, not, all, not all sites allow, allow you to create teams where everybody can have their own login. But then there's Okta. Or if they do, it's way too expensive. Have you guys Octa, used Okta? Yeah. Okta? Where it's like everything that you do, you have to 2FA? I, I, I can't support them because some somebody that works there banned me on Twitter. <laughs> Makes sense. So, so, so we can't talk about them? That's not how banning works. It's it's the only time I've been banned on Twitter, and I'm I'm still kind of bitter about this. And this was like two years ago. Okay, so it was about being vegan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. How do you how do you spell Octa? I'm not finding it. Okay. Oh, okay. T A. It's one. It's oh, one of those. It's... it's a service that we, as an employer, you can auto provision a bunch of services. If well, I and you can correctly. also you can also manage users uh, very microscopically so like if you want to ban certain groups of people from the vpn or like if you need to remove a user's access from basically everything you can do that mm-hmm. from one interface and it really removes them from everything right um there, there's a name for it there's other companies doing it too it's not just octa yeah there's some sort of uh user management or identity platform like a, yeah but there's a there's like a protocol or something behind it that you have to you have to implement to to be able to partake in it. Sarah went super dark on you. I just yeah, no, she always does. It's disturbing. <laughs> if you don't follow Sarah Goldman's Twitter, uh, definitely do that because it is hilarious. <laughs> you don't know Sarah too well, do you? She is banned on Twitter, like literally banned on Twitter. Oh, well, that would explain the recent lack of posts. <laughs> you don't follow my Twitter. I'm you absolutely Twitter have to follow Sarah Goldman on, on Twitter. Yeah. She's posting it, greatest it, stuff on Twitter. It, I never miss one of her posts. It could take a couple posted. hours, but look for it. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> I love the delay too because it's like just hitting the stream. <sighs> oh, man. Well, she's on Mastodon, which is a dead uh, dead project. So <laughs> that's unfortunate. Uh, I think we need to wrap this up. I feel like we've gone long. Oh boy! All right, is that it? We have Patreons. Thing we have a new Patreon. Patreon. Patreon on Patreon. I saw that. And I don't know how, I don't want to mispronounce the name, but I figured it out earlier. I'm waiting for it to come up because Reginald. I don't remember. Is that really how you say that? No. Oh. <laughs> I say it was something Ulrich. Come on. Where are you at? Ulrich. Yeah. As in Ulrich. Lars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Ulrich also has the honor of being our first patron to support us on Patreon. With the Dutch or Danish currency. So Patreon D- just started. DKK? Su- yeah. D- D- I thought it was DDK. I think it's DDK. Is it? Patreon just started supporting this, this, whatever, whatever they, whatever money's, whatever they call money over there. The Kroner. They just started supporting it and they, we got a, a Patreon supporter using it. I thought that was very cool. I can't tell if they're like, you know, doesn't, it's just weird. <laughs> Just, oh boy. Mm-mm. Okay, so thank you. Uh, thank you, Ul- Ulrich. Ulrich. And all of our supporters on Patreon, you are appreciated and you are getting swag, apparently. And the new people, you'll get your stuff eventually. <laughs> you got, got to be patient. Everybody served their time, so you'll get it. <laughs> I forget what, I forgot what, our, uh, what we say on Patreon. Patreon. I think we said three months. Um, basically, we try to cover postage. So, like, it's, I think it's like a, the swag level is like five bucks. And really, all you're supposed to get are stickers. And we, we end up sending like a bunch of other stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever we have. If you, if you can put up with not having your stickers for two years, we also send a keychain. <laughs> yeah. You called it a keychain. You didn't call it a lanyard. I'm, I'm actually very proud. Of you. I, I wanted to correct you. I'm like, no, don't, don't, See, no, you're right. See, I knew, I knew you, I knew you would. That's why. 
I have my keychain. I have my keychain right here. But there's no keys on it, so you can't really call it a keychain. Well, I don't have keys for my car right now because it's in the fucking shop. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you brought it back circle to end the show. Oh, yeah, full circle. Bring it it all the way back. All right. I think that's it. Episode 263. Somebody should stop us. We're doing it now. I'm stopping. Thank you for listening. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep it ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'm going to drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'm going to send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host named Thomas because he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this because the people love me. Shout Shouts out to PHP, the ugly. It's called ugly because it's not professional. But I'm about to come through and bless it with style. So let's do it when I'm spitting. I perfume the room. Yo, the segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom. That came from Thomas. Yeah, can nobody go beyond this? I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise. Yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish. We talking about the PHP, the programming language. About to break it down, no exaggeration. What do y'all do for a living? Web applications. Okay, I can dig it, my words spray tight Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube So let's get it, you know my lyrics are major All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters But they doing what they doing, keep it ugly We ending every show with the saying, it's lovely, let's go Yeah, come on